Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded September 30th, 2021. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. This week in the podcast, we discuss the latest developments in investor and earnings sentiment, which we've been keeping a close eye on this month, as well as a few thoughts on the rotation out of growth we've seen this week. Three big things you need to know. First, institutional investor positioning has finally taken a hit. Second, earnings sentiment has continued to deteriorate, driven by cyclicals and supply chain concerns, but so far the damage has been concentrated in a few sectors. Third, we think there's more to the rotation out of growth this week than higher bond yields, but regardless, this rotation has become another catalyst for downside in the U.S. equity market in the near term. Our bottom line, as we think across all of these issues, The volatility we've been seeing in regards to the broader U.S. equity market seems like it's probably not done just yet. If you'd like more details, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other major platforms. Now the details. Takeaway number one. Institutional investor positioning has finally taken a hit. Last week in the podcast, we highlighted how individual investor sentiment, as captured in the weekly poll by the American Association of Individual Investors, had fallen so hard it was sending a preliminary contrarian buy signal. This week, the really important thing we're seeing on the sentiment data is that institutional investor sentiment has finally taken a pretty big hit. With the latest data from CFTC on asset manager positioning in U.S. equities across all contracts on a combined basis, falling for the second week in a row and making a significant move lower. Importantly, a decline in positioning in S&P 500 contracts contributed to the move, and what this means is that investors pared back on general U.S. equity market exposure, not just specific trades within it like growth or small cap, which is really what we've been seeing most of the year. Even with last week's dip, institutional investor positioning does remain quite elevated relative to history, suggesting the stock market remains vulnerable to bad news on fundamentals. Takeaway number two, earnings sentiment has continued to deteriorate, driven by cyclicals and supply chain concerns, but so far the damage has been concentrated in a few sectors. Whether or not this concentration will continue to be the case is a critical question for the stock market in the weeks ahead. This past week, the deterioration in the rate of upward EPS estimate revisions for the S&P 500 got even more pronounced, falling to 59% versus a peak of 78% back in August. Secular growth-oriented sectors remained pretty resilient at the high end of their range collectively, and technology itself was the strongest sector by far and stayed at the high end of its own range. But for cyclical sectors, the rate of upward revisions did worsen significantly, falling below 50% for the first time since the summer of 2020. Within cyclicals, two sectors were responsible for the damage, industrials and materials. These are the only two sectors in the entire S&P 500 that have fallen back into negative revision territory. Elsewhere within cyclicals, financials has been pretty resilient, supported by higher bond yields, and energy has been one of the strongest sectors on earnings revisions in recent weeks. This reinforces our call from the summer that it's time to be more selective with cyclicals going forward. We're sticking with our financials and energy overweights. As you may recall, we lowered materials to market weight in August from overweight, in part because of the deterioration we'd already started to see in early August on revision trends. 
and we've been neutral on industrials given extraordinarily expensive valuations. Wrapping up with takeaway number three, we think there's more to the rotation out of growth stocks this week than higher bond yields. But regardless, this rotation has become another catalyst for downside in the U.S. equity market in the near term. The big news so far this week has been how bond yields spiked in the aftermath of last week's more hawkish than expected FOMC meeting. That move up in bond yields has sparked rotation out of growth and outperformance by value in small cap this week. But what many people aren't noticing is that the higher frequency economic indicators that we track on dining, flying, public transit, consumer comfort, and return to work have actually been looking pretty stable in recent updates. Negative economic surprises in the U.S. are also showing preliminary signs of a bottom. And the noise that we've seen post-Labor Day in the COVID data suddenly seemed to disappear, with the stats on domestic COVID cases in our latest updates starting to show a real decline and suggesting that the worst of the Delta surge is probably behind us. These are all good data points for the value in small cap trades, which tend to be more of an expression of cyclicality in the stock market. When we think about what this rotation and the potential for it to continue in the near term means for the stock market, the key thing to remember is this. Secular growth-oriented sectors, specifically consumer discretionary, communication services, and technology, tend to underperform when 10-year Treasury yields rise. They also collectively account for more than half of the S&P 500's market cap today. So as long as bond yields are spiking, a question we are not going to try to answer, and are triggering rotation out of those specific sectors, it's just mathematically very, very challenging for the S&P 500 to move up. What this means is that the rotation out of growth and back to value is just something we can add to our list of reasons why the broader stock market volatility we're in the middle of right now may be set to endure a little while longer. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and please reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives. Music